discussion about about people that may have the Holy Ghost but they're living ungodly lives and then the rapture take place what happens what happens that's something that all of us need to think about don't make no assumption that you gotta that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you live in any kind of way Listen, welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., but at 8.45, we're on the altar. We're on the altar calling upon the Lord, and so I want to encourage you that, that if you're tuning in or at 8.45 on Sunday morning, uh, wherever you are, if you can, if you're not at work, if you're at home, maybe you're getting ready for service. Pray. Pray. Don't, don't go to the house of God with your fire unlit. Take the fire with you. But pray and seek God. Shake yourself. Stir yourself up. The Spirit of God should be live in you. And there's only one evidence that throughout the scriptures of the Holy Ghost. On Wednesday, Bible study at 6 p.m. I'm going to have it at 6 p.m. this Wednesday. And so I want you to tune in at that time. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. And this is not just a cliche that is being read. We're faithful. We're bold in taking a stand for what is right. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, you're in the Los Angeles area, Los Angeles County, Riverside, San Bernardino, we're, we're centrally located in my book. You know, and want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. On May 30th, 31st, and June 1st, we'll be in our SoCal Pentecost service. And so I want to invite you to join in with us, to be in service with us on those days. We're looking for a great time in the Lord. Now, Pentecost is, is about revival. It's about restoration. And, and so I want you to join in with us. Be there in service with us. And if you go to connectingtruth.org, connectingtruth.org, there's information posted there regarding the service. Uh, it's in Rancho Cucamonga. And so that's near the Ontario airport. If you're flying in, if you're driving in, uh, there'll be um, a map there showing directions. But, you know, we, we live in a GPS time. So 
So you actually already have um, the access on how to get to where you're going. And we go every place that we want to go. Let's go to the house of God. And we'll talk more about that this morning. Um, but certainly we thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his grace. I, I hope all is well with you um, as we go into the word of God. And so at this time, we're going to have our opening scripture. And then we're going to, I want to, there's a, a, a hymn that that um, I want to play. It's very dear to me. And so um, after the, the reading of the opening scripture, then I'm going to um, allow this song to play. And I, I want you to, if you will, if you would learn this song uh, as it ministers to you, and we're certainly, we're learning this song here at Cornerstone. And so um, the song says, so will I, and you may have heard this before, um, but it is so will I by Crossroad. God bless you. Psalms 27, 11 through 14. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over into the wills of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word.
as the songs are played, as we hear worship, Lord, on that's a time to worship the Lord. To think about, meditate the goodness of God. my heart I love this song I don't know all the words to it and you know that takes some time and practice to to, to to learn it you can do that on your own time I encourage you to do it it's a great song to worship the Lord with um, and so so will I that's what my heart is today so will I so will I if the creation is worshiping and magnifying God, so will I. I'm going to do the same thing. I, I think I have common sense. I think I have some common sense. And so 
but let's use our common sense and the, the nature of human beings is to worship. It's to worship. Now some worship God and others worship different things, ceramic, clay, imaginary uh, images that are not so imaginative because um, spirits are real. But I just want to encourage you to, to magnify sovereign God. He's sovereign. He is sovereign. And, and so that's what we're here to do, and that is to magnify God. Not in words. Uh, not in words. There are many people that, that are magnifying God in words. But if it is not from the inside out, where it is spirit-filled, I'm talking about spirit filled, the spirit of God, then it is not true. Let's let's go on. We're going to go into the word of God. Psalms 48. I want to direct your attention to Psalms 48. Bless your name, Jesus. Mighty God. And while you're turning there, I want to share something with you. And, and, and I know that it will help someone. I was dreaming and it seemed like this dream went on for hours and even in in my sleep while i'm seeing the the the, the dream or having this dream it just it just seemed endless it to, in my mind i was like man i've been in this store for two hours and so in the dream there was a pipe uh, under the sink that had broken and the individual that was trying to fix it, they went to the store and they came back with parts. They just sold them some parts and told them this would work. And when I saw the parts, I said, no, this is not meant for this sink. These are the wrong parts. And they said, well, they, they sold these parts to me and they didn't have any new parts. So they sold them used parts. So there's trickery at play. And so I said, well, you know, do you have a receipt for it? They didn't have a receipt. I said, but we're going to take these back to the store. So I went to the store with them and um, and began to talk to the, the, the cashier that sold it, that recommended these parts. And was very stern about, about correcting the issue. And so they did not, um, they kind of resisted. But then they went on to assist and... Now, the store was, was supposed to be like Home Depot. And, you know, Home Depot got everything in it as far as plumbing and stuff. There was no parts for this pipe. It, it needed a couple of rubber washers and a fitting um, and then the sealant to go on the bolt. So as you tighten it down, there's no leakage. There was, they didn't have none of that in the store for this particular pipe. And I thought that was pretty strange. That was pretty odd. And as I pondered it, uh, I said, I, I realized, I began to realize that the thing that you had yesterday, the thing that you had in your past is, is, is gone. Things have changed since then. And now there's newer product. And so you can't use what you once used. You cannot try to fix it. You have to let it go. There's some things you have to let go. 
and you have to move on and you have to make changes to correct the issue by replacing it. You can't fix it. Then you have to replace it. If your car breaks down and it's unfixable, what are you going to do? Replace it. If your skates, if you're a skater, if your skates break, all the bearings go out, you know, um, you're going to have to replace that wheel. Now, I remember, you know, from a child, we, we used to work on our skates and stuff like that. But listen, you, you're going to have to fix it uh, by replacing it. And so I understood that when I woke up and as I pondered the dream that I had. And so I hope that um, that you get that message. Some things you cannot fix. It may be a relationship. It may be a job. Uh, it could be something else that you want to fix or maybe you thought it could be fixed or you was wondering about it. But no, it, it's you have to let some things go and move on and replace it with something newer something newer, okay? Whatever it is that you have not had before is new. It's new. It's new to you, okay? Even if you buy a used vehicle, it's your new car because it's new to you, all right? In the book of Psalms, Psalms 48, chapter, uh, chapter 48, verse eight, it says, as we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts. In the city of our God, God will establish it forever, Selah. We have thought of thy kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple, according to thy name, O God. So is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgment. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof, mark ye well her bulwark. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this is God. For this God is our God. Forever and ever. He will be our God even unto death. I want to also read Psalm 72. It says, his name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things and blessed be his glorious name forever and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. Amen. I want to take a topic from the scriptures that are read that have been read in your hearing. And that is because of you, because of God, I am what I am. That is a reason to praise and magnify him. That because of who he is, 
you are who you are. When you sing a song, or we used to sing a song, and maybe you might still sing it, and the song said, Lord, you made me what I am. Lord, you made me what I am. You made me holy what I am. We would sing that song and we still, you know, um, we should sing those songs because those songs magnify God. And it is the Lord that hath made us who we are. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, I heard the writer of 1 Corinthians 15, um, verse 9, say, for I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He thought about what he did. None of us deserve to be where we are. And it is by the grace of God. It's by his mercy. People that have been elevated, people that stand in any position, just to be in the house of God after the sin, after being tainted with sin, after being born in sin, shaping in iniquity, God called us friends. Even while we were yet offensive to him, he called us friends and made provision for us to be able to go into the house of God. This apostle said that, that I am, I persecuted the church. What I had become, God changed it. What you had become, God changed it. What people saw and what they thought of you, they cannot think of you that way any longer. And that's if you live a sanctified life. Uh, saying I believe in God and not living a sanctified life is, is no different than the devil. The Bible says the devil believed in God and trembled, but he is still a devil. What I have become, God changed it. What you become, God changed it. What people saw and knew of you, God changed it. What they used to call you and the tone that they used toward you, God changed it. What you did, what all of us did, we don't do anymore because of God. Therefore, we have this testimony that by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon us, was not in vain. It's in vain if we continue in sin. But I, I, I'm reminded of the word of God that says, shall we continue in sin? That iniquity, that the grace of God should continue on, that iniquity should abound, and not so. He said it's bestowed upon men. It wasn't bestowed upon men in vain. God didn't make us who we are for us to just be um, a present, for us to just exist, for us just to show up and just and just be an ornament. But he called us to become what he is looking for in these last and evil days. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which is in me. The things that I do now, the things that you do now, if you're doing, my prayer is that you are doing, is by the grace of God and it's for his glory, not for anyone else. It's not for man's glory. It's not for my glory. It's not for your glory, but it's for the glory of God. And Lord, you've made us what we are. 
is because of you that I am. We ought to give him a I am praise. When we on our knees, we ought to thank him for being who we are. Ah, glory. Mighty God, bless your name, Jesus. When we sing a song, we ought to be thinking about, Lord, I'm singing it because of you. You made me what I am. When we lift our hands and when we clap our hands and when we step our feet, it is because you have made me who I am. And that is a reason to give God praise. Mighty God, one thing you don't want to mess with, bless you, Jesus, because I have a reason to praise him. In spite of economics, you have a reason to praise God. In spite of relationship, good relate failures, whatever, you have a reason to praise God. Where, what else is, is going on around me, whatever is happening in the media, whatever is going on in political arena, whatever is happening in the neighborhood, it does not stop us from having a reason to praise God. Praise ye the Lord. You ought to praise him and magnify him above those things. The praise should come deep from within. Shallow praise is not going to do it. It's like giving somebody a soft handshake instead of a firm grip. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's uncomfortable. It's uneasy. Uh, you ought to give God a good praise, something that's coming from the depths of your soul, not lip service. Mighty God, we were talking about that this morning, about, about digging deep, going deep and giving God a praise until the spirit of God take over. Mighty God. That's what it's about. He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. But if you're not giving him a praise, then there's no habitation. Thank you, Lord God. A unified praise. When we all get together, we just sing that song. When we all get together, what a day of rejoicing it would be. Well, it don't have to wait until the rapture take place. It could be when we gather together in Zion and give God the praise that is due unto him. That when we all get together and rejoice and magnify God, he's going to be there because he's spoken his word. That he'll be there in the midst. Amen. I don't, I don't, and will not come to church. And I pray and hope that you don't go to church to be a spectator in service, that you don't go to your service to criticize, to ridicule for what someone is wearing, what they might smell like, what they might look like. Because I remember, and I hope you remember, that when you were shamed, when you were in sin, when you were not right, when things were going south in your world. And you cried out to God for help. You didn't want no one else to look at you and to think anything bad about you. You come to Zion. You come to the city of the living God. In Hebrews, find that for me. In Hebrews, so that they know where, when you come to church where you're going. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Second Peter 3 and 8 says, Beloved, and he's talking to you. He's talking to each of us. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. God does wonders with the time that we have. Yes, we live in a time element and God does wonders in the time. He's outside of time. He doesn't exist uh, by the days and hours that we exist by. His word fulfills in time. And he can take time and give you credit for a thousand years. And he can take a thousand years 
and give you credit as if it was one day. Mighty God. God can do wonders. He knows the statistic. He knows the calculus. He knows algebra. He knows geometry. There's nothing that escapes him. There's nothing. There's nothing that escapes him. He knows the fractions of everything. He, whether it is a proper fraction, improper fraction, uh, he knows how to multiply. He knows how to divide. He knows how to add. God knows just what to do. That's why we ought to acknowledge him in all our ways so that he can direct our path. Uh, God took a, a loaf of bread. He took some bread and multiplied and fed 5,000 men, not including the women and children. Also, uh, uh, took, then there was another instance of 4,000 and God knew just what to do. He knew just how to make it work. What does it say? Hebrews 12, 23. Uh-huh. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to the God of judge of all, and to the spirit of the just, man made perfect. You have come to the city of what? You've come to Mount what? Let's find that. Bless your Lord. Excuse me. 12.22. Read it loud. But ye are come unto the Mount Zion. You've come to Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God. And unto the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem. So when you go to church, you're not just going to a brick and mortar building. It may be brick and mortar, but you need to understand where you and what you are stepping into. Start over again and read that. You come where? But ye are come unto the Mount Zion. You come to Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God. The city of the living God. You thought you were just going to a place that has some benches or seats or some folding chairs and some people was there praying and talking to God and talking about God. You come to Mount Zion. The city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Heavenly Jerusalem. And to the inner unmemorable immutable company of angels. That's where you are. Right now. Right now. Right now. That's where you are. We are not just in a place gathering together you know, and, and, and counting the bodies of people, you need to understand where you are. If you have felt the presence of God, God has made a dip, that should, it signifies the truth of where you are. I heard the psalmist say, out of the depths, meaning out of where it's deep at, I'm going to cry unto the Lord. I'm going to cry unto him. Now, now, knowing that I'm in Mount Zion, the city of the living God, and that there are angels everywhere. You don't have to see them with your, with your naked eyes. But the word of God says where we are and who is present. Matter of fact, every place you go, every place I go, the Bible says that we are accompanied about with a great cloud of witness. Everywhere we go. 
There is a hedge about us. There are ministering spirits that are sent from God for those that are heirs of salvation. So even when we think we're alone, and I get it, I know we're talking about that, well, I'm alone because I'm physically alone. No, but understand something. That the spirit of God and those that are serving him are with you as well. He's there. He's there. He has sent the ministering spirits, those that are heirs of salvation, to be with you in your travel, in your home, on your job. And we should walk with a conscious awareness of their presence because they're operating in our favor by the will of God. I heard the psalmist say out of the depths. I, I, I was in deep. I got in deep with it. And I cried unto the Lord. When we come into service, knowing what we are and who is praying, we ought to cry unto the Lord. We ought to reach deep down in our souls and cry out. We ought to cry out from our bellies. And we talked about this, uh, I believe, about a week ago. That, that for some, they're... Their pots, their sensors have been, have dried up. And some of their sensors have holes in it. Their containers are cracked. And so therefore it does not retain water. The fountain of God. But you need to seal it up right now. You need to seal it up. So that out of your belly, if you don't have a flow, if you don't have nothing flowing out of your belly unto God, what happened? Where is the breach at? that there's nothing there. You don't have to be primed and pumped to give God a praise. It should be automatic. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Lord, hear my voice. This is what the psalmist saying. Let thine ear be uh, attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquity, don't hold it against me. Oh, Lord, without, uh, if, if you hold iniquity against us, then who's going to be able to stand? God's not looking at every little thing we do. Now, that's not a license to sin. Don't get me. Let, let me be straight about that. It's not a license to sin. But God is not looking and walking around waiting for you to do something wrong and say, I, I got you. That's not God. That's the enemy playing with your mind. He said there is forgiveness with thee. The forgiveness is what causes us to fear God in such a way because he is so awesome. Because he's so awesome and he's willing to blink. He's willing to forgive. He's willing to even chasten us to get us right. It's something to be feared about him. He said, I wait for the Lord. My soul doeth wait and in his word do I hope. My soul waited for the Lord more than any, more than they which watch for the morning. There's something about God. I can't wait until the morning. See, we get anxious about the, the morning because it represents the next day and things that we may have planned to do, things that we want to do, some enjoyment. I think he said, look, my soul is thirsty for you. I'm waiting for you more than the next day. I'm looking to you. When I lay down at night, 
I'm not laying down just to, to rest. I'm looking for God. Lord, I know that, that, that you may want to talk to me. And I've been, I've been running around through the day and, and doing things. But Lord, let this be our time. Talk to me. Comfort my spirit. I may have been praying through the day too, which I do. But I know when I lay down at night, it's a moment of stillness. And Job said that, that at that time, God opens the mind, and I'm paraphrasing it, God opens the mind of men so that he can talk to them. Whether you're saved or unsaved, God will open your mind up and talk to you when you go to sleep. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there is mercy. And with him is plenteous of redemption. He shall redeem Israel for all iniquity. It is because of God, it's because of you that I am. That's something to be, Lord, it's because of you. There comes a time when you have to let what people think go. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to let some thoughts go. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to let some folks go. The thoughts of others will weigh on you and it will weigh you down. It will cause you to lose focus. It will cause it create a, a valley of hopelessness and despair. This morning, I want to remind preachers and teachers and evangelists and prophets and, and everyone listening. You have one responsibility and that responsibility is up to God. That responsibility covers the family. It recovers faithfulness in all areas. We have to get over people. Don't, don't, don't compare yourself and don't die from this terrible disease called comparisonitis. Comparisonitis is a dreadful state of being and it will cause you to do some, some things and, and not do others. Comparisonitis. We don't have time to talk more into that, but understand that God has not called us to compare ourselves to anyone except him. Whatever, whoever, wherever, there are no excuses. There's no excuses with what God has called the church to do, to bury their head. Ostriches, um, poor bird, will bury his head in the, in the sand thinking that it, that it has hidden itself from the predator. <laughs> I, I used to walk through the, I used to walk through the house and, and, and the, the, well, they're not kids now, but they would stand against the wall with their faces covered with their hands that I would not see them. And so there are times that I just didn't see them. I kept walking. <laughs> and so maybe your children have done that. But listen here. We don't have time to make excuses and bury our heads in the sand. We don't have time. And if you think you do, I know someone that can help you out because you're psychologically deceived, spiritually deceived to think that you have time to bury your head in the sand. If you like it there, go ahead. I'm, I'm not going to try to pull you out. But as for me and my house, your house, you have a choice to get up and do something with the remaining time that you have. 
I've determined within my spirit. One day I was driving uh, to the church and I was feeling a little, uh, feeling a certain way. So let, let me be transparent. I was feeling a little discouraged. And then I was thinking. And as I drove, I began to think about the goodness of God. And I thought about where God had brought me from and what he's done in my life. And I said, God, no matter what, no matter what, I might, people feel discouraged sometimes. There may be something that was said, something that was done, something that they saw that sparked something in their mind that, that it began to weigh on them. And my answer to that was, Lord, no matter what, I don't care how bad I might feel, I'm going to fight and I'm going to preach and I'm going to teach and I'm going to exhort you. I'm going to lift you up no matter what, because you've been too good to me to stop doing that. Even on your worst day, you are still a threat to the enemy. That's why the enemy want to discourage. That's why you want to pull you down and, and make you think differently because you are a threat. And let me go on and say this. You are an eternal threat to the enemy. You're an eternal threat. When you live holy, when you live a sanctified life continually, you are a threat to the enemy and his plan that he may have for someone else. You can walk by someone and discern what's going on in their life and begin to minister to them. You can be in the presence of someone else that was connected to another person and draw from their spirit because they have been in another person's presence and begin to understand what's going on in someone else's life and send a word to them. And that's Bible. Well, uh, well, well, Pastor, where did you get that from? Well, let, let me tell you, I'm glad you asked. The servant went to Jesus and said, my master, my employer is sick. And from that exposure, the servant master was healed. By the time he got to the house, the servant master said, just, I'm a man of authority. Just send your word. If you just speak a word. And the Lord spoke and the man received the healing that he needed. You have a chance to get up and do something and remain where you are right now. Faithful unto God. Joshua 24 said, now, therefore, 14 verse, now, therefore, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. Here's the instructions. Fear the Lord. Don't fear man. Don't fear other people. Don't fear what, what others have to say. And when I say this, I'm talking about preachers. If, if it's your pastor instructing you, that's different. You need to understand they're watching for your soul. But all this verbiage and garbage that is going on all over the place. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. He said, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt when they were in bondage, when they were uh, there 
and there was so many exposure to other gods that some of them begin to embrace it. He reminds them, he says, serve ye the Lord, serve the Lord. You ought to be saying in your heart right now, for God I live, for God I die. I'm going to serve the Lord no matter what. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to live for him. Then he tells him, he said, if it seemed evil unto you, if it seemed evil unto you, and sometimes people think it a little, a little harsh that when the pastor say, listen, if you don't want to be in this church, then, then you're free to go. You know, go, but go someplace and live saved. Or if you don't want to live saved, you don't, don't stay here and be a hellion. Don't stay here and disrupt the service. Don't stay here and spread your ventum among the congregation because that's going to come at a cost. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then stay where you are. But as for me and my house, you ought to, and your, you have to say it for yourself. As for me and my house, me, my spirit, and the body in which I dwell in, my house, I am making a well. You need to make a well-informed decision every day about living for God. It's who we live and serve. Paul said, I crucify this flesh daily. I crucify this flesh daily. Every day when I get up, every day when you get up, it's a brand new day. And so there is a brand new commitment. You could have got up this morning and been uncommitted to God and lived and did whatever you wanted to do and erased all the good that you've done. But you've made up in your mind that I, for God I live. I'm going to fortify. That's why we come together. We're fortifying we come together, it's not about ripping you apart, tearing you down and, and, and beating you. And, and, and No, it's to fortify. God does not embody the praises of his people except to fortify us. Now, sometimes we may get convicted. Uh-huh, there may be some conviction that go on. The conviction don't mean that you was that you were sleeping around. The conviction don't mean that you was that you didn't that you knife somebody up. It don't mean that you that you didn't did no. It could be that God is moving you into another place. I didn't say position. I said place, meaning that God is now taking you from where you are and moving you a step up in him into an area that you have not ventured into. Bless your Lord Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God. Yes, we go from grace to grace. We go from faith to faith. Now last night, and I, I, want, to, I want to bring this up because this is so important. This is so important. Uh, I, I had a brief and interesting conversation with Dr. S, Dr. C, Dr. C recently. And, and so um, I, I believe this stems from peer conversation. Uh, 
it comes from the media. It comes from exposure to other elements. And so I'm so glad that we can talk about the real and I'm real and I'm transparent. And so, you know, and, I, and I'm so glad that he asked. He asked about the double life of people. And he specifically said pastors. This is an excellent question that he asked. Because with so much that's going on and what people are saying and what people are doing and what people are confessing and not living up to, this was excellent. There's no excuse for anyone to live a double life. None. None. And I'm very firm about this. None. There is no excuse. Do not live a double life. A double life is hypocrisy. Let's call it what it is. Hypocrisy. If it is not truth, it is a lie. If it is not truth, it is a lie. You should not be living a lie. Now, back in the day, TLC talked about those scrubs. Those scrubs being, you perpetrating, you pretending to be something that you're not. Psalms 101 and 7 says, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell in my house. If you live in a double life, you're not going to dwell in the house of God. If you leave church and then go on to do something else that you know is not right, you know it's not right. You live in a double life. And he that tell a lie shall not tarry in my sight. You want someone in your life that is dedicated to God. I asked him, I said, listen, I said, so if you are, you want someone in your life, understand this, that if you were, if it was an emergency right now and you needed prayer, you don't need someone coming to you that's living a double standard praying for you. How do you know they're going to get the prayer through? You don't know nothing about that life. So you don't want that. And while we continue to talk, uh, before he finished all of his thoughts, he said, you know, I haven't seen hypocrisy in my papa's life. Your children, someone should be able to attest that you have a sanctified life, that you have been consistent somewhere. You've been consistent. I didn't say you've been perfect. None of us is perfect until we enter into the presence of God but you've been consistent. You've been consistent in what you've done for God. You set an example. You set a precedent. And he said, you know what? I, I can see and understand. He said, you, from the time that I, that he's been with me since, I always say two, two years old, because we've always been hanging out. It's been consistent. It's been consistent. And he recognized that. But for him to ask that question, how many other young people are asking the same question? How many of them are losing confidence in the leadership because of what they see and what they hear that's going on? If you a leader this morning, I'm going to encourage you to cut out the shenanigans and get it right because there's a whole generation of people 
that are looking for what is right. They are looking for the truth. Your wife, your children should be able to say and, and with some conviction that you are 100. Either you are all in or you are all out. God said that. He said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He said that judgment begins in my house. So you're the first people. We are the first ones that God is looking at, that he is judging. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Understand something. Worship without spirit and truth is not worship at all. A life that is not separated unto the Lord is not acceptable. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It don't matter what you're going through. Holy and acceptable unto God. It don't matter what challenges come along. Holy and acceptable unto God. My children can, uh, can, uh, will, can tell you, we went through some difficult times about 13 years ago, heartbreaking, things that was rough that we don't want to ever see anyone else go through. It didn't, it didn't go without saying the, the sadness that was there, the despondency that was there, the discouragement, that the, the, the depression that occurred, the oppression that occurred, all the things that happened that you don't want to ever experience was all bottled up in what's going on in our lives. And they can look and they themselves took a stand for what was right. They stood with integrity for what was right. You ought to be standing as a man and as a woman of integrity, no matter what you are experiencing in your life. That's what Job, that's why Job stands out. Because Job stood as a person of integrity. God testified and said he's a man that hates evil. You ought to learn to hate evil and love the good. I believe that's in the book of Amos. Do what's right. Do what's just. That becomes your testimony. Holiness, sanctification, or being saved is a lifestyle. It is not lip service. It's a lifestyle. It is not a double standard that what I do over the podium and what I say is not what I live. No, what I say and what you say and what you read from the word of God is what we live by. That's why we're excellent employees. Because we're living by the word of God. That's why we are good in, in, in relationship, meaning that we don't have to always get along. I could disagree with you. Disagreeing don't mean that we dislike each other. Disagreeing don't mean that we don't love each other. It just means that we don't see eye to eye on a conversation. And therefore, we can agree to disagree and still hold hands. We can agree to disagree and still hug. We can agree to disagree and be friends or spouses or whatever the relationship is. Mighty God. Matter of fact, that's what makes up a relationship. Even with God, even with the Lord, 
Remember, oh, I, I can't stay there. I can't stay there. Listen. Second Corinthians 6 and 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be separated, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Are you looking to be received of God today? He said, separate yourself. Stay away from the unclean stuff. Even shine the very appearance of evil. Bible encourages, don't, if it looks evil, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It don't look right. If you're a single male, your children, let, let's use the children. You're a single male, your children should not see a female coming out of the house. What nobody else there but you, you know, and it's it's one in the morning. Okay? Vice versa. No, ain't no sleepover. You know, you're a single female. Your children should not. Is uncle coming over today? That is not their uncle. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. It is because of God that I am. It's As we talked, as me and Dr. C talked, I'm, I'm, have, I'm coming to a close. Listen. As we talked, I shared a tad bit of the 1980s, long before he was born. Enough for him to know alleys and pitfalls to stay away from. Yeah, this include ladies, it include friends, it include bad decisions. He asked me one time as a school paper, he interviewed me and he said, what would you, what would you tell your younger self? And I said, in a few words, don't do it. A few words, don't do it. What would you tell, what would you right now tell yourself? You, If you had a chance to tell your younger self, whether it was a couple of weeks ago, it could have been years ago, what would you tell your younger self? I'm sure you would, maybe you may not use the same words, but there are some things you would say don't do. You would alter the span of time because there are things that you look back at. Now, I'm not in agreement with people that say, I have no regrets. You know, it's because of what I did and what I went through is who I am today. Listen, no, that's what repentance is. Repentance means that you regretted what you did and you ask God to forgive you. Without regret, there's no conviction of sin. You're just walking around still the same. You know, Harvard, harboring all of that stuff. Listen, what would you tell your younger self? I told him, I said, I, I would say, don't do it. He said, well, what about in this? I said, don't do it. Everything was just filled with don't do it. Because that's what I would tell my younger self. Don't do it. Because it has a riffle in time that impacts you. And you have to overcome evil with good. But if you're doing good, there's you don't have to overcome it because you're doing good. You're doing good. If a minister is not 100%, if a minister is not one, you cannot trust them. There is no excuse for hypocrisy within any relationship. No excuse with God, no excuse with husband, wife, children, or friend. Don't hang out with people that confess they know God, but are not real with their walk. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. If you make it, if people make excuses to sin and do what they want to do and 
How about what God understand? Get away from men. Because what God understands and what he knows is written in his word. And if the word is against it, then God is against it. And you ought to be against it too. Now, I need you to get this. I need you to understand this. If your co-worker would cheat on his wife, if your co-worker would cheat on their husband, they made vows to their wives. They made vows to their husbands. They did not make a vow to you. So if they cheat on the person that they made a vow with, who are you? Who are you? You got to be real about this. They have a wife, they have a children, they have a husband. Who are you to trust them if they're willing to cheat on them? You need to understand that. You have to politely excuse yourself from that friendship because they are not worthy of your trust. They don't trust what they've made a vow to. Mm -mm. Don't make excuses for it when you don't know what they're going through. I'm sorry. H double L hockey stick is where the devil and all them that follow him is going. Now, I know you filled in the blank with that word. Don't make excuses for anyone because they are part. You become a partaker of their sin. Well, you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what it's like at their home. Neither do you because you don't live with them. Stay out of their business. First Timothy 5, 20 says, them that sin rebuke before all that others may also fear. Now, Paul is telling Timothy, he's instructed him to deal with things within the church. It is not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility to try to rebuke somebody around the world. No, you don't know nothing about it. You need to be in their presence to make a difference if you're going to deal with somebody. Not all over social media. Listen. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another. Do nothing by partial lay hand suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of another man's sin. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself pure. There is a whole generation of people wanting deliverance from hypocrisy and sin, and they need to find it in each of us. They need to find it in us, 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 you and I. They need to find it in us. Who else is they going to look to? They're looking immediately to those that they see. And they need to find it there. Psalms 48. In the last 40 years of my life, I heard, I've seen an undetestable hand of God. We're in a city of the Lord of hosts, the city of God, a city that has been established forever. I've witnessed the power of God. My mother got saved because of the power of God. My brothers and sisters got saved, my children, because of the power of God. My children prayed for me when I was working two jobs, two eight hour jobs, occupy my time of functioning dependent and they would go to church and say pray for my dad and the prayers of the saints prevail and the fear of God fell upon me and I surrendered my life to him I could have been strung out 
still a functioning dependent, messed up, still able to function, go to work, get the job done, collect a check, but messed up. But I am what I am by the grace of God. You are who you are by the grace of God. He said, I thought on my loving kindness. And I thought about it in the temple. It's nothing for us to gather together physically and mentally and worship in the beauty of holiness. That's what God is calling for. We're in preparation for that great day. God is getting us ready for a great day. He goes on to say in the 10th verse, according to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of, we have to recognize God for who he is. He is God all by himself. He is sovereign. There's no one else like him. Don't be like others. Have a form of godliness and deny the power of him. No. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgment. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. God has ordered us. It's written in his word. It's not a suggestion. We ought to praise him, magnify him, lift him up, exalt him. The psalmist starts out in verse one saying, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of, of his holiness. Beautiful for situations. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Don't you understand that at the end of the day, Jerusalem, Mount Zion is going to come down. The earth would have been purified, sin, done away with. The sheep's on the right, the goats on the left. Done away with. Dogs and all those abominable things are outside of the city and forbidden to come in. Mount Zion is going to inhabit the earth. He is the king. God is known in her palace for a refuge. We're going to be testified in between our assignments. And some, some think that it, we, you get to glory, you're just going to have a heart. You go, first of all, all angels don't have wings. When you get there, you're not going to have wings. You know, the Bible tells us what we're going to have. And there are assignments. Hang, hang with us. Stay tuned. And, and as the Lord give, you, you'll understand that better. Well, listen, I'm going to encourage you. And I, I'm going to close with, with Psalms 50. I want you to understand something here. The Bible said, the mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken. And call the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and he shall be very tempted around about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare 
his righteousness for God is judge himself. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this exhortation. We thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We just pray and ask that you would bless each one that have listened, those that were here later, Lord God, to receive what you have given, Lord Jesus. Bless us, Lord, to be found pleasing in your sight. Bless the tone of our voices to be pleasing in your ears. Lord, our sacrifices of praise and worship to be acceptable unto you. Lord, that what we offer will be a sweet odor unto your nostrils. We thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord. We are who we are because of you. We are your servants. We are your children in deed, Lord God, in action, in our speech, in our hearts. Lord God, as we acknowledge you, you said to, to love you with our whole person, our, our body, mind, and soul. Lord, thank you. Lord, as we move to, it's you that we live and have our being. We feel for you, Lord God. We're reaching for you. And we thank you, Savior. Ask that you would bless, Lord God, your people continually. Lord God, help us to walk, Lord Jesus, and to move according to thy will. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. Uh, connectingtruth.org is the website. Go to connectingtruth.org and there's more information there as for our um, upcoming service uh, in the month of May. You know, it's only three months uh, away and we're looking for a great time in the Lord. Continue to pray for us as I said and requested. Tell somebody about the site. Uh, send them a link to the message so that they can hear the word of God. Stand firm. Let your hands be strong. Be steadfast, unmovable in the work of the Lord so that someone else can be blessed. That's why we're here. We live. Others are blessed because we're holding strong unto the word of God. Be blessed.